Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live from the Tower, the Destiny podcast made by Guardians for Guardians. We are your hosts. I am Phantom. And I am Zephyrblade. And this is episode one. Okay, so we're going to get in here. That's the formalities. Basically, we just are going to do a weekly podcast about Destiny, and uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in the game, our thoughts, our feelings, and all that good stuff. So right off the bat, uh, my name is Phantom. I have a, a YouTube channel. I make Destiny videos occasionally, and Zeph has a Twitch channel where he does reset streams and just apes the content until it doesn't exist anymore in his quest log. Yep, uh, I'm the most hardcore casual you'll ever meet. So, Zeph, when did you yeah. start playing Destiny? Uh, okay, so I initially started in, like, the D1 beta, right? Um, and then I took some time off, like, I came back through the game and played it. But I started, like, in the beginning, like, biblical in the beginning, right? Um, but then just because of work... Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to stick around so, so much, but literally just, yeah, from the day Destiny 1 launched, I've been in it. Okay, so you've been, so you've technically been in it longer than I have. I didn't start until, let's see, I didn't start until probably mid-House of Wolves. Um, I like... That's when I, like, bought Destiny and started playing, but I didn't really start getting into Destiny until The Taken King. Like, that's when I was, like, really going through the content and really, like, getting absorbed. And The Taken King was yeah. my first raid, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite, but definitely my first. Um, And I've been playing ever since. Uh, yeah. Played Rise of Iron on launch. Bought, went to the midnight release of Destiny 2. Bought the Collector's Edition. I uh, got the Beyond Light Collector's Edition, getting the Witch Queen Collector's Edition. So, big, big time nerds. Uh, I am not an expert. I will say that before before we get fully into today's episode. But I do I do like to have fun. Zeph is the expert out of our team. Like, Zeph is the guy that will be like, oh, hey, this is most optimal. This is what's out right now. This is what's hidden in the world. I'm going to take you to do all of it in one night. Let's go. <laughs> this is the new hotness. Yep. Um, so speaking, speaking of the new hotness, the TWAB is out. So we're going to go over the TWAB this week. So if you if you haven't been playing Destiny, uh, Season of the Lost has started. We're going to get into our, our thoughts about how Season of the Lost is going. But Trials had its revamp last week. So they talked about that in the TWAB. Uh, and right off the bat, we played Trials last week. We had a lot of fun, even though we were getting stomped, which they actually addressed. Remember we had like a string of, of just matches where we were just getting literally KO'd, like one KO'd. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they addressed that, that that's a matchmaking thing, that there were a lot of people that actually went through that. So just some stats right off the bat. Uh, from the first weekend, 750,000 players played Trials. They said that's more than they've had since the, the the early days of Destiny 2. And 120 of those players were first-time ever players. And another 470s were laps... Or 470,000 
and 120,000. The 470,000 were lapsed players. Uh, historically, an average of 30% of the active player base has played trials each day uh, this weekend, topping out at over 32% on Saturday. No day prior has ever gone above 21%, and there were over 2.8 million hours of trials played last week. That is yep. more than double. Um, and they give a graph, and they show you what the graph looks like, and they said that they're not going to rest on the laurels. They're going to keep pushing. They want it to make better. Uh, so tomorrow, or today, when this podcast goes live, if you're listening, uh, they're going to make some changes to matchmaking because there was an area of matchmaking that had a higher rate of 5-0 games than they wanted, so they're enabling a flawless matchmaking pool. Uh, they're going to make sure there's enough flawless players that maintain good times, so they're going to wait until Friday afternoon to, uh, to turn it on, which means on the East Coast, we're going to have to wait until probably Friday night uh, until we see those changes in effect. Um, also, uh, before, we, before we do that, uh, I just wanted to reference or put into context the data that Phantom is addressing. Because, like, we had those 750,000 players, right? Which, you know, that number might not mean anything necessarily to you if you're just listening. So if we reference the data, there were 748,488 players, right? And according to Trials Report, who compiles the data, and they do this for trials every weekend, that means the player base was up 458%. Bro. So, so not just up, like, up, up. Skyrocketed. Yeah, there were also, in terms of flawless players, not just flawless characters, but flawless players, there were 238,096 flawless players, which is up 770%. Jeez, man. This is crazy. I I don't think... I mean, I know I don't know like, if they're going historically based off of... Mm -hmm. The table they show is going based off of March of last yeah. year. Um, yeah. But... I want I would love to see how the numbers are stacked up against um Destiny 1 and the player uh, base the player base cuz like Destiny 1 it was trials every weekend from yeah. House of Wolves to the end of Destiny 1 So I think I read that this was the most populated trials weekend ever like full stop Jeez that's yeah, crazy. Uh, I love it. And we were a part of that. We're statistics. Let's go, baby. We're in it. Let's do it. Um, I don't think I don't remember if I popped all my trials in grams, but I popped one of them and it gave me the helm. The the new yeah. the new helmet. So I was super happy. I got uh Reed's, what is it, Reed's Regret, mm -hmm. the helmet, and I got uh, an eye of soul. I think it's weighted towards stuff you didn't have before. Like I think it's weighted towards a knockout list, but you can okay. kinda get anything. You know? Okay, so that's good. Um, so going through here real quick, let's see what else they're changing. Um, they're not happy with the experienced players who have had a bad streak of getting repeatedly thrashed 5-0, and which we did, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and they said that they're enabling matchmaking to help if someone runs into blowout matches. Uh, the mechanic clears up once... The team starts winning again, so I don't think that somebody can cheese flawless by tanking. And they're 
implementing the same penalties that are in the glory playlist by giving you a 30 minute timeout if you quit out yeah. of too many games. That's uh, huge. They said they're going to watch this and they have harsher plans if players continue to abandon their fire teams. Now, we came across mm -hmm. this a lot uh, last week uh, or this week. It was Monday. We came across this a lot, dude. People were just uh, dropping out left and right, leaving teams 2v3. So uh, I'm interested to see how this uh, how this plays out. How are you before we before we oh the last thing and then we'll talk about how how we feel about trials ourselves. Uh, next week they are adding trials labs, which is their evolution of Crucible Labs, and it's gonna be capture zone trials. It's gonna be trials control. I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh. They said they're also going to um, they're disabling the matchmaking counter on the trials of Osavis lobby. So you won't be able to tell how many players have joined, but you will still be told when they join, which is what we noticed is we could tell when there were solo players queuing and then yeah. a team of two. And then they said they also fixed an issue preventing you from being able to masterwork weapons from Saints rewards. So. That's kind of the twab. They they have some bug changes and or bug fixes in there. Otherwise, they're kind of quiet. They're kind of tight lipped. Um, at the end, Cosmos said that they wanted to share some stats. So there are in Destiny's lifetime. So this is from Destiny One to Destiny Two. I'm assuming 187 guardians. Now, I assume that's per account. So I assume they're taking in consideration multiple characters. Or they're just doing one account, but I have a feeling it's multiple. It's the multiple, you know, character slots, and a total hour of 9.8 billion total hours played since 2014, uh, when Destiny yep. launched. In the past year, Atheon has been killed two million times, and Tanix has been killed 3.5 million. That's crazy. I'm surprised Atheon has been I'm not okay, I'm not surprised Atheon's been killed so much because it's Vogue and like it's either the the, the three raids in Vogue were Vogue, you know, the three raids in Destiny 1 were Vogue, Taken King, and Wrath. But really people yeah. argued between Taken uh King's Fall and Vogue. A lot. So uh, go ahead. No, just I mean I think so you had I think it really actually speaks to the remaster of Vogue because you had Deepstone Crypt come out mm -hmm. a good couple months before Vault of Glass. And the fact, I mean, like, it's off by a million, right? But you think yeah. of how the distance between those two raids in terms of release date, and that's actually pretty impressive for Vault of Glass itself. Yeah, because, I... I mean, you had uh, Deepstone as the flagship raid, and now looking at those stats, right? It's yeah, it's one it's one and a half million off. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in the next because we know we are getting a remastered raid next expansion come Witch Queen. I am yes. very interested one in which one it's going to be because it's either going to be taking King, which would make thematically the most sense mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or Wrath of the Machine. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested to see how that number compares to the witch queen raid which we know we are getting probably within a week of launch yeah 
Um, that's it's typically within a week. I mean, it's certainly within a month, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's I foresee it being like two weeks or so. Um, just because they're introducing like the weapon crafting and the glaive and they're introducing the legendary campaign mm -hmm. and you know like for all intents and purposes this is going to be it's not going to be forsaken sized but this is going to be like forsaken level you know in terms of yeah. like the draw and the depth of it uh so i wouldn't be surprised if we had our world's first race two weeks after release as opposed to just like here go go you know um so i want to touch on our thoughts on trials and then there's a couple things i want to get into one of them is being the new quest which i haven't done yet um and the other is a reference to an interview joe blackburn did about witch queen so you played more trials than me you went to the lighthouse multiple times you did a flawless confidence card Yes, sir. Tell me, tell me about your experience because I, I assume your experience was much different than the one that you and I shared. Uh, I thought that just like the very TLDR is that I thought it was a great weekend of trials and I gained a lot of perspective overall. But mm -hmm. on the opening up, on the one hand, of like being the farmer, of being that guy who's in the team who's rolling people five zero, um. You know, like that was fun because in the first three games, it was kind of sweaty. Right. Right. Uh, and then it leveled off to where it was fair and mm -hmm. really it could have gone either way. But it wasn't like a two thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar, five hundred thousand dollar tournament. You know, yeah, like yeah. we we definitely had to play and be very aware. But it wasn't like before when you were just going to get stomped all weekend if you didn't have the all star team right mm -hmm. um and you know it's still i at no point did i ever feel discouraged even when we did lose moving into like the other part of the weekend right um because like i'm still getting rewards right based off of rounds one and i'm still building up engrams like there's a reason for me to be in the playlist as opposed to i just spent five minutes getting my teeth kicked in and now i don't even get a trials token right yeah um but in terms of being the farmer right uh we got our flawless and then we literally just rode the seven win card and it got to the point where i was like uh, i don't know how i feel about this specific adept shire's wrath i'll delete that and save my other five. Oh my gosh you know like so very rewarding strength very rewarding and then on the other side of it where it was the more difficult experience right where you're playing with a team that hasn't really played that much together mm -hmm. um and people who are familiar with pvp but they're not living in the playlist right mm -hmm. it was fun and it was still rewarding like we definitely had games where all the games felt fair there were a couple where it was just like, we shouldn't have been here, you know? But most of the games felt fair. Um, and all the games felt rewarding, because at the end, you're still building up that Trials reputation. Right. You still right. have the chance for rewards. Um, and honestly, yeah, it was just great. That is the most fun I've had in any Trials playlist in, like, franchise history. A great opening weekend. I think, so from my experience, I played Trials for the first time right the like it may have been the week of destiny 2 beta like it was the last weekend when we tried yeah. going to the lighthouse 
Um, that was back then. Then I played... I played Trials of the Nine once and had my one teammate rage quit on us. Right, right. Um, that was back when Lincoln Green was, like, good. <laughs> yeah. To put to put put that in perspective for everybody at home. Then... Um, the Metapulse. Oh, dude. Yeah, I remember that. I think that was... That might have still been when Countdown was the thing, too. It was a while ago. Um, so... The last time you and I had played was in Beyond Light. It was... I always forget the name of the maps. You know the one the one I like. I was talking about it this weekend. The one Rusted with the... Lands, yeah. Rusted Lands, yeah. With the truck in the back and the and the water tower on the opposite side. Uh, and we we could not get past 3-0. Yeah. Well, I think we were also farming 3-0, but like we could not get past 3-0. Yeah. And I think the most fun I had off of that map or that that set of rounds was a uh, the one behemoth play I made. It's gonna go down in like history. I still have that clip, dude. I'm so... still uh, it's still on my Twitch. My two my two favorite moments of Destiny Two, and I'm not kidding, are that moment, that that clip that you have, mm -hmm. and maybe we'll maybe we'll share it on like our Twitter, or uh, the when we did Last Wish, I think it was my first Last Wish run. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. And we and we went we were in a uh, what is it the Hall of Souls or whatever. With the the stone room, yeah, rock and garden. That, yeah, yeah, that that was the vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those are my two favorite. Where you have to run around the outside. Mm -hmm. So, but this run trials the outside, around the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this trials, I will say, I noticed like everything they've addressed. Now it makes more sense to me because it's things that we had happening to us. Like the first three matches, all the time, were just cutthroat sweaty matches and then after our third win we started leveling off and we started kind of not stomping that we had a couple matches where we stomped and then we kind of coasted until we hit our five and oh and then we had to play that one team again and we lost yeah. but other than that it's it didn't start feeling it didn't start to feel rewarding until we started hitting that win streak and then it was just like loot after loot after loot here's your pinnacle it's the new linear fusion and then yeah. going back to saint and him being like oh hey you have four engrams go pop them open and it was like mm -hmm. okay um and getting the helmet which now maybe become now until okay until i see what witch queen brings because i know i'm going to rock the full witch queen trailer armor because i love how sure. it looks on the warlock well that... also like you do that you do that very thematically oh yeah time. yeah that trials helmet might become of might be my like warlocks mog piece like that uh -huh. helmet i've been dying to get my hands on i got the helmet and the robes i got the helmet and the chest piece the chest piece is okay but the helmet is just that can go with so many mogs which yep. i love um but yeah so trials is really fun i definitely i definitely want to play this weekend so we have to oh i'm down i haven't done i have to do my seasonal stuff and then i want to try and do a little bit more born in darkness tomorrow but like we gotta i gotta i got that itch man mm -hmm. i want to know what the flawless weapon is i gotta because if it's if it's uh shariah's oh was shariah's yes last week yeah that was the okay. adept subby but they're probably gonna bring in like another fan favorite dude um... adept messenger or adept igneous Mm -hmm. Uh, they just did an energy weapon, so I could see it being either Adept Eye of Soul or Adept Reeds. 
Um, okay. Well, messengers uh, can be a messenger. Yeah, no, yeah, it can yeah, be yeah. messenger. Um, so I'm really excited to do that. So hopefully we'll get mm. into that. But uh, they also said, because I'm just reading this before I leave, uh, they will be disabling. This is next week. Special ammo replenishment on revive. You still so get good. special if you kill someone or when you start, uh, but you won't get it when you revive. So I assume that's for. Uh, I don't know if it's just for regular trials or the capture zone mode that they're doing. I think it's probably going to be all trials. Okay, that sounds solid. Um, I know people want to see an update for Iron Banner, and we will talk about that when Bungie talks about that. Uh, people are like, like Paul Tassie, for example. He's like, Bungie, Iron Banner is the only thing in this game now that is still D2 vanilla. Yeah, like it's a token. It's a random token drop. And I would love to see Saladin get a whole breadth of stuff like, oh, man, if they added like emblems and shaders into his inventory, just like they did with Saint and Shaxx, it'd be great. So real quick, um, without going into too much spoilers, because I haven't played it. Aegir's Scepter quest. Sure. How is it? How is the quest? And then how is the gun? Because I heard the gun is basically sunshot, but ice. Uh, that's not wrong, but I'll talk about it in a second. So the quest is, I mean, Bungie's done a really good job now of putting their seasonal exotic quest mm -hmm. in line with like what you're going to do in the story. So I'd say without spoiling anything, do your seasonal exotic quest first. Okay. And then like clear those steps and then start doing the story stuff because you're going to be in lockstep because um, they've done a really good job doing that um and you know like if you do it the other way around you're gonna have to do things twice but like they gave you the option it wasn't it was right mm -hmm. there you know um as far as the exotic itself in pvp like your results may vary you could do you could go with the old classic loadout of bow trace rifle if you really wanted to but otherwise it's doing like 15 per tick so it's ttk isn't that great okay in pve it's dumb that's what i've heard it's i've heard it, dumb. i've heard it's yeah. it's just completely broken it's um it does the thing that prometheus lens does where if something dies when it was frozen or slowed it explodes or it just like it dies to a stasis related death then you get ammo back from your reserve so it Ooh. does the prometheus lens catalyst just okay base. okay um, and then it does the sunshot thing where when you kill somebody with the uh, stasis effect, then it sends out that slowing stasis burst, which then if you kill that thing, it sends out another burst. And it's just, Ooh. it gets the hand really quickly. <laughs> that that sounds like it's going to be broken with Warlock builds because I was running um, yeah. Shattered Realm last week and just shattering a hive and just watching that snake of ice just go to the next one. Yep. That paired with I really need to do Born in Darkness and get all of my stuff for my Warlock because I don't I'm yeah. like running base, but I so keep getting caught I, up in Shattered Realm. Boy, if I were to give it just a um, initial idea, just theory crafting, I think it would probably be the most effective on a Shade Binder with either I have another world, or you could do Verity's Brow if you wanted for the grenade energy and just like throw out so, so many stasis turrets until oh, just like the game breaks. breaks. Yeah. That'd be great. If you, for run, bosses. Uh, if you run Verity's Brow with uh, a couple firepower mods, 
and you're running that in upper level PvE content, yeah, I would see that just, you'd be able to just like emote and let your towers do the work. Just completely or your, uh, break everything. Yep. Um, so that's good. So now I know because I just caught up on Tuesday with I have to go deposit my whatever they're called, the anchors, not the anchors, but the things Aldrin uh, left behind. I have to go deposit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Week threes. And then I can pick up the quest. Right? Is that how it works? Yeah, so you gotta yeah. do Tracing the Stars 1 through 3, and then the fourth one is, is the, the exotic, exotic quest. quest. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I just have to go drop them off, I think. Mm -hmm. Then I have to pick them up. Um, yeah. So, talking about Season of the Lost, real quickly, uh, let's just go over what we like about it, what we don't like about it, our thoughts on the narrative. Um, because I've seen some not polarizing but i've seen some people be like okay seasons are starting to get stale and i assume that's from a gameplay perspective rather than from a narrative perspective because man this narrative be slapping mm -hmm. it's spicy it's spicy bungeon uh, opened up the oven and they took a whole jar of slap yo mama and just sprinkled it all over uh in terms of narrative structure they get better every season uh, say what you will about the individual plot lines, right? But in terms of narrative structure and delivery, they get better every season. That, they've locked down. Uh, their narrative itself, uh, I feel like they're really more taking their time with it because Mara hasn't been back in so long mm -hmm. uh, that they've got a lot of questions to unravel here. So I would say that, you know, we haven't been too many weeks into it so far. Right, right. Right now, I would say that the Splicer narrative grabbed me more immediately, and I was probably a little bit more interested in the Chosen narrative off the bat. But we're still so fresh into this that I can't give you a judgment of like, oh, this is better, you know? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, Splicer narrative grabbed me right away. Uh, this is a little bit more of a slow burn. I will admit that I have a little bit of bias. Um, because just because Mara is hot doesn't mean I can overlook the fact that she's a gaslighting sociopath. So oh, maybe no. a little bit of bias there. Season of the gaslighters. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I think she's a very interesting character and a very deep character. But for me, it gets boring when you have that character who's always has like the 10 million IQ 40 chess moves. And it's like, no, I meant for that to happen. Like, no, yeah, yeah, it's no, you didn't. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because Mara's been in the background pulling strings more or less since Twilight Gap. Yeah, like half of D1 happens because of Mara, literally. Uh, and if you don't literally. know what I'm talking about, my uh, my name is Bife, just go watch some of his videos. Basically, everything that has to do with Skull Loss is because of Mara. A lot of the stuff with the nine is because of Mara. It's, you know, it's all a big thing. Um, so I, I like the narrative. I like the last week we saw a really good cutscene with Crow and, and Petra. And I can't wait for that to come to a head because that's going to cause a lot of drama. Um, I love Bife's videos. The first video he made after the season began is don't trust Savathun with an inch of your life, she's gaslighting. All she's doing is gaslighting us. Um, 
and I was gonna say if it wasn't because the it's in the lore, I would be like maybe Sagira isn't dead, but there is a lore piece. I don't know if it's in one of the books that we got or in one of the armor or weapons, but it's from Osiris's perspective. Not oh, it's a weapon. Yeah. Bow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Savathun as Osiris. Osiris watching Savathun basically use him as a puppet, and he makes the comment that his light is gone and that Sagira's dead. Um, yep. So that that kind of bums me out because I do I I wanted that's that's something that I wish was in game more so than I wish seeing Lakshmi get stomped by a Vex. I'd rather see Sagira kind of you know get blown up. But now I understand why they didn't is because now they could be like, oh yeah, that happened, and this is what happened when it happened. Like, Sivurath was there. So our yeah. theories about him being in the anomaly and all this stuff, those got thrown out the window because we know now it happened on the moon. So Sivurath was there, then Savathun was there. I like this theory, because I don't trust Savathun, that she's trying to break free from the worm. Because the worm is the darkness, and so it's gonna... It's going to be really interesting where everything, where all this goes. I will say, activity-wise, it's kind of the same thing we've been doing, at least in terms of the matchmade activity. Thankfully, there's no item that gets shoved in my quest log. The compass is just in the helm, yeah, which is good for my ADHD. Uh, the Shattered Realm, week one, it really confused me. And week two, it still kind of confused me. But last week, I kind of like, okay, I started to kind of like piece it together. Um, I just wish, and this is my, so this is my problem with all, maybe not all, but this is my problem with Season of the Splicer and Season of the Lost is I'm so tired of running playlist activities to earn another currency sure. to then go unlock the upgrades to then go play the new content. Yeah, um, I think I think that that can be a little more streamlined, and I think that playlist activities in general, like putting them all on a track, that was a good move. Yeah. Uh, so that or not, we're just like accumulating thousands of Ask tokens. Me how many Vanguard tokens I had turned in on the last day? How many Vanguard tokens you turn in, up? Too many thousands. Like I had not turned in basically any since they became a thing. Jeez. Um. <laughs> I, uh, what did it, I think I did, like, something on the order of, like, 40,000 Vanguard tokens of literally just sitting there and going through potential god rolls, and that was tedious. Uh, but I think that putting them on a track and with the reputation, mm -hmm. excellent. But I think the activities themselves, and, like, I don't know how to do it, you know? Let me just say that I'm not about to go full armchair dev. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the playlist activities themselves need some help, and yeah. I struggle with how to verbalize that. But it's also a consistent feeling throughout the community. My, yeah. yeah, my my whole thing is it's not so much the playlist activities because there are times where I'm like, you know what, I want to go. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Crucible, Bungie, give us more game modes. I I don't know if this is a memory thing in the back end, but literally only for a semi-casual player that is just now wanting to get into more competitive playlists only having control and one mode because let's be honest rumble's kind of sweaty only having control and one yeah. rotating mode uh i don't like it because everyone gets sweaty in control anyway i wish 
I honestly wish quick play playlist was back so you could kind of rotate through uh when was the last time clash was even in the game rotation I don't even remember it's always been like scorched showdown mayhem I feel like clash might have actually ironically been up like last week but okay. yeah no right, it's yeah, yeah. uh um, it rotates no, no, no. through last last week was scorched I think oh that's right I mean, a lot of people are playing control, like Clash, anyhow. So, yeah, you know. that's why I don't. Eh. That's why because I have a bounty that it's like get thirty zones for yeah. synth, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I'm like, I can't cap zones because I'm dead every five seconds. That's besides the point. Mm -hmm. Um. Overall, I just wish to. I I wish I could, and Season of the Splicer did this. Um, and I think the the six the ley lines activity does it too i wish i could just earn more parallax trajectory by playing the ley lines activity sure like you could get i think 75 encrypted data by playing the the splicer event i wish i could just get more by doing that because it would make me want to play that more mm. because it's new content and it's going away so yeah. I'd rather play that, grind that out, buy all my things, and then... My question, can you repeatedly go to the Shattered Realm? Or is it only once per week? Alright, you can keep going back. Okay, yeah. So I've got I've got upgrades now. Um, I have to look up where the anchors are this week, because I got all the ones on the moon last week. So the fun thing with that is the, um, the realm cycles with destination. Mm-hmm. So while we were in the EDZ and going through the um, like a shadow strike for part of the Agar quest, right? Which you know, like lowest key of spoilers. Okay. But we were doing that, and I had noticed that the ascendant anchors refreshed in that area, even though I had definitely gotten them all. So oh. Like okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess we're just gonna have to keep collecting them. Yeah, that's okay. probably if I mean worst case scenario. Like, it's mm -hmm. a good way to stockpile resource. Yeah. But best case scenario, you just keep collecting those and it ends up being part of a triumph, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be, because I know they're part of your your challenges. Um, yeah. Real quick, because we're we're closing in on our on our sure. recording time. Um, our closing thoughts. One thing I wanted to bring up is about Witch Queen, because I saw this quote and it got me so excited. Joe Blackburn basically said, I wonder if I could find it. I have the quote. Hold on one second. I have it in Discord somewhere. Okay, here we go. So this is from Destiny Tracker on Twitter. Um, and let's pull it up real quick. So Bungie has stated in an interview that the witch queen is taking inspiration from tv shows like the first season of true detective and the quote was it takes place in a swampy bayou like location where players will work to unlock clues and discover what's really going on with the hive guardians i am incredibly excited for that because true detective season one absolutely slapped so my hope is that witch queen is much more f 
fleshed out than Europa. Because Europa was good, right? But I felt like they left a lot on the table. Now, we could see that in later seasons. But they left a lot of the Deepstone Crypt out on the table. Yes, we got the raid, but there was so much more. Um, I don't know if Saint has a voice line or if it's a fan line, but there was a line I saw where Saint was like, so that's the Deepstone Crypt. What about the dreams I've had of the fields? Like, that's what I want to know. I wanted. I wish. I wish we could dive more into it. So I'm really excited to dive into, uh, Witch Queen and Savathun's Throne World. I hope they kind of use the the Throne World throughout every season rather than bounce to older locations. So, first of all, yes. But what I want to say is that. For my own playthrough, and what I'll probably do again is because Rage Spy, and for those who are playing at home, Rage Spy is um, a guy who I've been playing games with for like playing games online with, and I've known for like 20 years, and we've done basically all the major Destiny stuff together on mm -hmm. day one. Uh, Rage and I are probably gonna do the Legendary campaign like out the gate. Ooh. Um, and I, between the atmosphere and everything and the challenge I'm expecting, I want it to feel like more of a horror game than anything, where I come around the corner and I'm really not excited to see that thrall because it's about to body me, you know? Like, I want the hive to actually feel terrifying. And with the vibe that they've got going on and the producers they've brought on and the narrative direction and also being mm -hmm. cursed by knowledge, which I will not speak on. Oh, yeah. You looked into We're, the paste uh, bin. Yeah, I am cursed with knowledge and I will not be speaking about it on this podcast, but like I'm very excited for what's Dude, I'm hyped. Uh, Yeah. Basically basically Zeph saw the leaks as soon as they dropped and he said to me He goes, without telling, because I I've not been shown anything, right? The only thing I saw was that there was a potentially a Halo crossover, which we all know now is not happening. Um Zeph said to me, what is coming will make you fall in love with Destiny all over again. Yep. And I rode that high through Solstice of Heroes, and I'm still riding that high. I have yep. not come down from that hype train, all right? So you can have tempered expectations if you want, but this podcast host, this gamer, I'm going to ride that hype train uh, you're until it crashes. Yeah. You're not getting off that train, my friend. And part of Good. what I do just in-house for our Destiny clan is I will... I don't actively pursue a lot of leaks, but if they come up on the radar, what I'll do is I'll go look at them and, like, verify them through sources and be like, okay, if you want to stay safe, don't look at this, or this is complete bull, look at this joke, ha ha ha, let's laugh at it. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of those things where, like, looking at the depth of it and corroborating with other sources, I was like, do not look at this thing to the rest of our clan don't do it do not yeah no 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 yeah um but yeah i think that's about all we have do you have any any closing thoughts uh any hopes you want for what's to come i know you're cursed with knowledge but uh we're getting I'm dino really... armor yeah we're getting dino armor which uh i can't wait to thunder crash into savathun and scream dynamite but uh What's, uh, Woo! I'm really excited for the future of the franchise, and it's, the season is really odd. I think part of the reason people are kind of disaffected by the season is that, um, 
Like, we know the end point already. Like, the expansion is called the Witch Queen. So clearly, <laughs> we don't kill Savathun at the end of this season, right? Right. So people don't really care. But I'm excited to see how the narrative develops. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see how we lead into it. I'm excited to get the Thorn Armor and the 30th Anniversary Pack and just honestly feeling yeah, really good about the direction of the franchise. And I feel like we're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about on this podcast. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a great time. We're getting Galahorn back. We're going to go feed a thousand souls to Master Raul. It's going to be a good time. I so here's what I will say about the narrative this season. Um, I have gotten really into Awoken just because of the Dreaming City. Uh, and I watched a Bife video, and this isn't a spoiler because you can see this in game. Um, Mara has an Ahamkara egg. Yes. Behind a door that we yep. can see, and we have killed. Yep. We've we've, you know, if if triumphs and stuff are to be considered canon, we have dispatched every egg after acquiring Wishender. Mm -hmm. So, my whole thing is yes, we know where we're going, but we don't know how we get there. Exactly. Like. This is such a better prologue to the Witch Queen than Season of Arrivals was for Beyond Light. Yeah, that's fair. Season of Arrivals was like, oh, it's pyramids are everywhere. And then it was just like, there's one on Europa, go there. And it was like, oh, okay. Europa had no, you know, unless I'm sure it was in the lore somewhere, but like there wasn't really a buildup. Like, that's why a lot of people didn't like Aramis, because there was no build, real buildup to Aramis as a villain. Now, Savathun, we've heard about her since Season of Arrivals, since the Taken King. Like, we've heard about her, and now it's like, this is the first domino. Mm -hmm. And they have said that Witch Queen is going to be four years of buildup paid off. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's what they said, right? Yeah. Is that what Joe Blackburn? Yeah. So, yeah. I am excited because I want to know how we get to that. Because obviously we don't kill her. But like, how do we get to that point? And yeah. there's a lot of secrets I feel like that Bungie is going to slowly... Yes, we're getting a, a two-season-long season. Six months, right? But I feel like Bungie is going to slowly drip-feed those little hints through cutscenes and, and lore tabs and offhanded dialogue comments. So, it, it's going to be real fun. So... I just want to say, uh, uh, Zeph, thank you for for joining me as always. And everyone at home, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want, feel free. We are on Twitter at From the Tower. Right? That's what it is. I just made it and I can't remember. I think it's at From the Tower. Because live from the tower could not fit. So I will check for you real quick. Yes, we are at From the Tower. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, tweet at us. All that fun stuff. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week for another episode and where we discuss all the goody things that happen. So until then, enjoy Destiny. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep your eyes up. <laughs>